It's so hard. Literally, if R- I try to write it right R-E-S-T- now. R-E-S-T. A-U-R-A-N-T. Is that it? I can't spell language. language. Physical. Language. P-H. No, P-Y. P-S. P-H. P- P-H-Y-S-I-C-A-L. Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast where we definitely didn't have many conversations with Pat Donahue in the early 2000s. I'm Haley O'Shaughnessy. I'm Jordan Liggins. Jordan. Yeah. Spell no. Mariah. No. <laughs> I'm going to stop you at spell, okay? Do you want to try the spelling, the word that won in 2019? I don't. Oh, shit. I remember 2019. That was when it kept going back and forth, back and forth between all these people because there's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine words that they spelled right. Wasn't it one that like a group of people won? Was that that year? Did they all win? Oh, yeah. They all won. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty cool. Good for them. They just kind of wanna... beat each other. So they just gave up. There's they infinite ran out of numbers words. of words. <laughs> They ran out of words. I am a really, really bad speller, though. Are you? What did you get out on uh, when you, like, in middle school, what was the word that eliminated you? I'll tell mine honestly, which is, it's a really embarrassing word. I didn't even, I, I didn't do a spelling bee. I was really, but the thing is, in elementary school, I was really good at spelling. Like, those spelling quizzes. You I would always, I, I did hit a peak, and it was like fourth grade. Then I was like, wait, computers have a spell check? I don't need to learn how to spell. And then that's I'm, what happened. <laughs> I'm such an idiot with my phone now. Like, I'll literally, I'll try to type in definitely. Oh, that's and the, that's the It'll worst. always autocorrect. Like, it probably is going to start changing the spelling because I spell it. I just let God take over. I'm like, Siri, <laughs> you please handle this restaurant. Yes. That's another one. <sighs> have you ever, have you listened to the Patrice O'Neill bit that's like, if there was a gun to his head and he had to spell restaurant? When I watched that, I was like, that is me. There's restaurant, definitely physical. Oh. Yeah, physical stuff. That anyway, Mariah, one. capital M U R R A Y A. It was a capital M? Is, oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, and you know what? I, I was like, surprised because i watched the video and she didn't say capital m mm. um she's still a- but i guess you don't have to i don't know maybe it's like internet i remember when i was in fifth grade they changed internet like the world did to be lowercase mm-hmm. and someone the year before had gotten out on our spelling bee for not capitalizing it. So she had a real vendetta against just like everything. I I don't know what happened to her. She's probably still upset about it somewhere. (laughs) Just every time she uses the internet, she's just like, (laughs) she's off the grid because she can't stand the internet. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Anyway, shout out to Zayla Avant-Garde, the coolest name in the history of the spelling bee. Really just the just coolest the person. She's also a hooper. Like she straight up said spelling is a side job for me because basketball is my main thing. And she compared it to hors d'oeuvres, which I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> Can Casual. you imagine? 
<laughs> coming in second and this has been your whole life and your parents yeah. just like push you and you're not allowed to go to like a school dance and you're not allowed to play soccer because your whole life is spelling and then you lose to this person who's like this is my side gig like I drive Uber on the weekends that's that would be so <laughs> devastating <laughs> but yeah she's one she I've seen clips of her playing basketball now Mm-hmm. But also outside of basketball, just dribbling basketballs. And she has two Guinness World Records for dribbling balls simultaneously. And if you watch the videos, it's not even like dribbling. She's like, well, I guess you'd have to juggle them because you only have so many hands. But <laughs> it's insane the way she's doing it. It's, it's great. insane. While on like a unicycle and just it's wild. And I'm so proud of her. I'm so happy that she's the first African-American to win and it's just I don't know I feel like the whole culture we're all celebrating her especially since she's a hooper and she's a speller she's a champ yeah I, I love every time it comes on my feed it's a retweet and a like automatically automatically and who knows maybe she'll play did she say she wanted to play professional basketball um, she has in her bio that she's a class of 2025 and she I read that she's already had three scholarship offers just for academics. Stanford was like, oh, hello. <laughs> and she could play. I think if she's mm-hmm. if she's as good as she is now. Um, I was just so surprised by watching the clips. You know, some people are like, oh, yeah, I play basketball. But she's like a hooper. And that's been really fun to to see and just celebrate. Yeah. Shout out to her. Absolutely. Shout out to her. Um, you want to talk about the finals? Let's do it. So the Bucks won. I, to be honest, going into the game, my mom and I were talking and I was like, man, I don't know. Like if they're going to get one, it's this one, which yeah. made me look so good. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> my, like everything is validified like this job everything me admitting (laughs) I can't spell definitely like at least I predicted that they won 120 to 100 which moves the finals to two and one and then they play again tomorrow on Wednesday Giannis continued to look incredible why do you think people have like a goldfish brain with Giannis like in between game even mm-hmm. before the game, like game day before the game, and then only after the game and during the game are they like, wow, this guy is really good. Yeah. But then between, they're like, oh, Giannis is not actually that special. Giannis, um, you know, he's not actually that great of a dribbler. He can't shoot, and so that's going to keep him out from greatness forever. The short memory is just astounding. That's such a good point. Because when you're watching him play, especially this last ga- last two games, really, he is a – you're just like, oh, this, that's a Hall of Famer. Like, that is a one-in-a-generational player. But I'm guilty of it, too. Right after it's over, I'm like, ah, I don't know if he can get it done. I don't know if, if he's it. And even me and my boyfriend talk, we're like, yeah, but he's a two-time MVP. Ah. <laughs> like oh uh, I don't know why that is. I don't is and I also question like if he was on any other team in any other franchise would would we have that same reaction? But it's like shrugs. I I don't know. I'm guilty of it too. So last spring I deleted Twitter 
and for like three wait was this last no this was two springs ago it was the pandemic i deleted twitter for like three months i think maybe i'm remembering that as longer than it was (laughs) and like a number of wonderful things happened like my skin looked great i was reading way more like triple what i normally read um I was like working out again. And one of the things was that I, my memory, like I had a great memory in my whole life. I've been like, well, actually after this, uh, I like broke my arm and you've heard this story, like flew out of a car or whatever. And I always was like, that's why I have a bad memory. I deleted Twitter. Suddenly I can remember everything. I have like really bad name recall. I could, I was like listing off actor names. I love it. I like I could suddenly remember stat lines like stat numbers have never been my thing either like number recall some people can remember dates super well and I've always thought that was so strange and I just couldn't relate (laughs) I was doing that I had a great memory and it extended to things like that and I think that if we all got off of social media like that's how we ultimately get the Giannis appreciation (laughs) We all have to delete our Twitters and Instagrams and just appreciate the moment and remember the good times. We can keep Instagram because you have to. The traps must be posted. (laughs) The thirst must be fulfilled. I'm I'm Instagram's fine because it with Twitter. It's just like you get on. It's just, you know, just the words. Yeah. Yeah. The words. Yeah. You're processing things like. And then they're going away in 30 seconds. You know what else? Like, just talking about Giannis, when I was watching with my mom, she heard the term Greek freak, and she Mm. looked at me, and she was like, that's so mean. Did they just say freak? And I agree. I used to use it in my writing all the time because you can only write his last name so many times or anyone's last name so many times. So if they have a nickname, like, you're like, oh, Durant? I'm going to switch to Katie this time. But... I stopped at some point. I was just like, that's kind of fucked up, you know, like a Greek freak. So I was trying to think of something to change it to. But everything like none of the rhymes sound good, like Greek bleak. Oh, no. Greek tweak. Like that sounds. Yeah. None of them are good. I mean, when I first saw him, when I first saw him, I was like, Greek God. Like how he is built. Hey, it doesn't even have to rhyme. Yeah, Greek God. Have, yeah, it's just a little alliteration. I feel like a little I, alliteration for you. Little little <laughs> sprinkle of that. I felt the same way. Like even his shirts, it's just like freak on it. Yeah, and and not in the good way. Not in the good way. Not That's what verb. I was gonna say. Yeah, it's not in the in the good way. Which I don't know why you'd wear just a shirt that said freak like in that Grecian. way. But. Even that, like, what, Grecian secretion? Like, this is bad. They're all bad. (laughs) Grecian completion? That sounds weird. But if we're going with the God thing, it's like prophecies. And if you're going to say anyone is inhuman in any way, like, let's not call them monsters. Let's not call them animals. Let's not call them studs, which is one I hate so much. Let's not call them freaks. Let's call them gods if it's going to be anything, because at least it's an elevation. It's not like subhuman it'd be a lot easier if we went with nigerian something to be honest oh interesting because that seems like there's more potential for rhymes really like i mean it ends in an (laughs) instead of eek 
Here we are with the words again. <laughs> anyway, back to the finals. I mean, the the difference, the reason they won, obviously, is like they're his teammates were good. His teammates were, but not just scoring, but everything else: drawing fouls, rebounds, mm-hmm. second chance points. I mean, I guess drawing fouls is like actually still majority Giannis. I what I really think helps is when Bud keeps his rotation tight, like yeah. Bobby Portis and Pat off the bench. I don't like Teague, but I understand why he might need to get in there as a little relief if Drew Holiday's like playing forty minutes. But <laughs> keep it tight. Yeah, I think is advisable. I also would say that, like, it's the simplest thing ever. It's not like it's great analysis, but when Chris Middleton is hitting shots and also being a great playmaker, it's a completely different series. That's it, a Magic Johnson tweet, but yeah, they are a different team when the role players play their role, and sometimes that's how that was so catchy, right? <laughs> that's their, that should be their tagline: role players play a role, and it's. It, it is. It's a different Bucks team, and you aren't just relying on Giannis, but it doesn't hurt that he also, you know, has a double-double and scores over 40 points. And But it is. It's Gets the, the line, what, 17 times? Yeah, and he went 13 for 17, which is just, I mean. Not bad in Giannis land. Not bad. So proud of him. Um, He didn't have people counting. It, I loved that. <laughs> There I noticed like that too. for a second I was like, why faint. is no one counting? And then I remembered they're in Milwaukee. <laughs> there were some Phoenix fans there though, and it was just like a faint like whisper. One, two, three. Um, I also think the counting is helping him get like a rhythm with his dribbles. So mm-hmm. I actually think it's helping him. They're also counting really fast. But anyway. Jordan, is my stomach growling coming through? Can you hear it? <laughs> no, I not am. Yet. So hungry. All right, whatever. Just tell me if you can start to hear it because it's so embarrassing. I'll let you know. I'll let you. What were you saying? I interrupted you with my concerns. I think I was just saying how if Giannis is playing well and the role players are playing well and it's their first game at home in the finals, like all of that worked in their favor. Do you think it's sustainable though? Because I had that same thought of like, if they're gonna win one, this is what it's gonna be. It has to be a combination of uh, Chris Middleton playing like that. Mm-hmm. Drew certainly helps and the defense. And that's – well, that's the other thing that we haven't mentioned yet is the defense. Like, there wasn't much DeAndre Ayton in this game mm-hmm. because of his fouls. Um, Devin Booker was cold. Like, not – people are always, like, ice in his veins. It was like dry ice in his face. It was bad. Um, <laughs> Not I can't the right remember what he did. What he went from three. I think it was like one for seven. If that's wrong, blame Twitter and my tiny shrunken social media brain. But you know what is weird about the Aiton thing? I looked this morning to see how much he played in the fourth quarter because he didn't foul out. Right. He was shooting just fine. Before he left, it's not like you had a reason to hold him besides the fouls, but he didn't play the last eight minutes. I think it was mostly because of the score at that point. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's the playoffs. I I would just, I would play him more. I mean, that's just, that's probably a good point, but I thought that was strange. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and the Bucks were closing this the end of quarters really well. Like, they closed the half on a crazy run. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It was a third quarter on a crazy run, and that was a lot thanks to Giannis. So, yeah. Did you see the tweet um, before or after game two? And it was like, I think it was Chris and Drew, and Chris was smiling, and Twitter was so mad. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Like, he can't did I smile ever again because he <laughs> lost a playoff game. Be mad all the time. My other favorite stat that came out of that game. Actually, like, this is really bad. But so, okay, so Scott Foster officiated it, right? Which is just as much news as, like, oh, Giannis is doubtful. Like, Scott <laughs> Foster actually factors into games. Chris Paul has lost 12 straight playoff games with Scott as the official. 12 straight? 12 straight. Oh, my God. I don't know how God. the NBA can put him with any conscience. On a, a Suns game. No, here's what's going to happen. It's going to go seven games, and they're going to have Scott Foster be the ref, and that is all everyone is going to write about and talk about. Mark my words. If that happens. He's he's the main character. He just wants to be the main character. <sighs> Poor Chris Paul, though. There's so many stats like that against him. <laughs> I know. Just like all of the bad juju and all of the bad vibes. Are Sorry about the around plane. Chris Paul in the playoffs. That's amazing. Sorry about the plane flying overhead. Every time I hear Scott Foster's name, I think about bananas, Foster, which is probably the worst bananas dessert. It's disgusting. I'm well. I wouldn't go to. Dis- I mean, it's still. What are they? Just like caramelized bananas? It's not that bad, but it's it's. There are far better ones. I think it's the consistency. That's what I don't like. Yeah. No, I think a lot of people don't like bananas. Um, uh, well, there's uh, the sun shouldn't be as embarrassed as Team USA. Ooh. Did you like that transition? That was, that was really a bad. Great, great transition. And so just a little burn right there. <laughs> so embarrassed. That was so bad. Your life's bad, but at least it's not as bad as Team USA. Uh, oh, I meant to on? send you this tweet that I wanted you to read. Hang on. Let me just try to text it to you real quick. Okay, this is the stat. Since professional players were allowed to compete in the Olympics, that's nearly 30 years ago, it was 1992, the U.S. has lost only twice in these pre-Olympic exhibitions. Oh. Now they've lost twice in 48 hours. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Oh, so bad. I know. But I have to give a shout-out to Nigeria because I actually grew up with um, Ike, who was on that team. We went to the same middle school and it's so cool to see him thriving and we played basketball together. So shout out to Ike. It was a it was a loss for USA, but he was winning, so I was happy for him. Can you give me a breakdown of Ike's game? Well, um when we were in middle school, just a little fun fact for you. On it was 7th and 8th grade and I was you know, one of the first people as a seventh grader to play on the eighth grade team. And then he was a year younger and he did that on the boys team, too. So I was like, oh, we have something in common. We're playing up. He was super fast and um, super quick. And he still plays that way. He's a great guard. So I, I was very proud of him and his brother is also on that team. So that's awesome. 
Good for them. That's incredible. I didn't know that you had that connection. Yeah. Shout out Sacramento. Although according to Malcolm Gladwell, everyone's connected. Oh, wow. Do you remember that? Snaps. I believe it. No, it's it's no, not in a good way. Not in like a, oh. everyone is connected. And that's why. So Malcolm Gladwell created on our former employers podcast, a Nigerian team that included Steve Nash because he was born in Johannesburg. He said that Malcolm Gladwell said that Nigerians were the best basketball players of any race. And we can't say country because that's not how his deranged argument worked. We have to say race, which is such a weird way of putting it. But what else did he say on that? He said that uh, black people in the West Indies came from Nigeria. So any and he just says this. He's like, it has to be true. So anyone who was Caribbean, was also Nigerian. And from that logic, he added who was Clay Thompson on the team. So his team Nigeria, because his dad's from the Bahamas, and his dad is also my favorite Twitter follow. If I could follow two people on Twitter, it would be Jasmine Watkins <laughs> and Clay Thompson's dad. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that that's basically... Um, Yikes! That's... Uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Nigerian team. And yeah, so I was I was thinking about that when I uh, saw that they won. And then the last thing I want to say mm. about this, because they have Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant, Riley Beal, Jason Tatum, Damon, Draymond Green, and they're going to have Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Devin Booker when they come after the finals. I think they're going to be fine. These are exhibition games. Like I read this write-up when I was trying to figure out what everyone's stats were because I couldn't find out in ESPN. And... It said, like, all of them are scorers and none of them are playmakers. These are great players. Like, they're all going to. I know. Yes, they can set each other up. (laughs) It's just the Damian Lillard can't be a playmaker. (laughs) Kevin Durant can't be a playmaker. Anyway, the other thing I want to say about this is, A, congrats to Patrick Sammy Mills for whooping Greg Popovich's ass. (laughs) <laughs> on Team Australia. Oh, and then Patty. also, good old Patty. Did you see uh, what Greg Popovich said in the press conference afterwards? After I didn't, but I know this is going to be good. Please tell me. So, uh, a reporter, I think Joe Varden, who actually just uh, helped me out with getting like a. I'm trying to reach these people for a story, and it has been incredibly difficult. So, thank you, Joe Varden, if you were actually the one who asked this. Um, he asked him, I think I'm paraphrasing. He asked Greg, what is it like seeing, uh, other coaches have, you know, who have come before you have these blowouts, um, with team USA Mm. and you know, you guys are losing now. And he said it in like an actually really nice way. Like when I'm saying it now, it sounds rude, but he said it in a nice way. And Greg Popovich said that never happened. Like blowouts never happened. Nigeria lost to the U.S. at the 2012 Olympics by 83 points. Yeah. (laughs) And then four years later, in an exhibition, lost by 44 points. Wait, why? (laughs) That's just like, I don't like the question. So that never happened. That That, is, It doesn't exist. Blowouts doesn't exist. The limit does not exist. That's what I feel like he just answered. One day we're going to have to talk about Greg Popovich. One but, day. <laughs> but I actually have questions about a different Olympic team. And 
Mm. Uh, maybe, yes. Oh, I'm going to do an after the break. And after the break, I'm going to ask you about them. It's the women's team. <laughs> All right, Jordan, t- please take this over. I genuinely do have a lot of, this is probably going to be like a Q&A. Yeah, yeah. That's how I kind of saw it going. So I want to answer your questions the best way that I can. But I feel like a lot of people have these questions. So I'm so happy we're diving into it. Yeah. Do you want to just give like a an explainer of what is going on? Yes. So we are talking about NECA Agumake being left off of the U.S. Olympics team for women's basketball and how it doesn't make any sense at all. She there's no reason why um, she should be left off. It was a shock to everyone. Candace Parker called it bullshit. And Candace said, this is why I am going to be in the booth and not even she's refused all Olympic teams to even be considered. So there's a lot of question marks of why this happened. Her sisters have been, you know, pleading her case of basically like this doesn't make sense. She had they're showing receipts of why this doesn't make sense. Um and so, yeah, we're all we're all confused. OK, so I've been talking to my friend Sam about this and I have. And then once we started talking about it and I realized I wanted to ask you about it, I tried to not look too much into it. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's really hard for me. Yeah. So I do know that there's a Yukon conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And again, I've tried to not dive too much into it. But can you go into the Yukon tie? And then also, do you think it's legitimate? Because I'm like sold and I've read maybe a total two and a half articles on it. <laughs> I I am definitely sold. I think the moral of the story is if you have played at UConn, you have a better chance, I think, to make the Olympic team. So currently on this roster, there are five out of the 12 players that played at UConn. And... It's five out of 12? Five out of 12. Let me list them off. Diana Taurasi. The- okay, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart, Tina Charles, and Nafisa Collier. And Nafisa is the particular one that I love Nafisa. I love how she plays. I did a, a story on her while I was at The Ringer. She's great, but she's also very young. Like, she has plenty of time to be on an Olympic team. And you have someone like NECA who has played for USA in the World Cup, has won multiple, was the MVP of a USA team. And Nafisa, who was the rookie of the year two years ago, just has time for her career to develop. And I feel like that was the spot that's really been argued as that could have went towards NECA rather than, you know, someone who's only been in the league a couple years. I was going to ask you who you would leave off. Yeah. Um, okay. That's interesting. Who would you compare her to, like, NBA-wise? It's hard to remember past NBA Olympic teams, but... For NECA or for Nafisa Collier? Nafisa. 
have to look. I would have to look at the rosters. But it's hard because it's it's not like she's a bad player because that's always the conversation. You know, these are all great players. Who are you going to leave off? I think that was one person where that UConn tie comes in, the youth comes in, and that is pretty much NECA's position. If they played each other, they would guard each other. So that's kind of the person that we're pinpointing. Not to say that she doesn't deserve it, but it's just hard to say you deserve it more than NECA. Well, an age... The age thing doesn't really matter to me. Like, oh, mm. she'll have time, you know, pay your dues. I've never believed in that in anything. Like, that's a huge thing in media, too. That's been strange that you and I have both come across in our career. But there is, like, being there before mm-hmm. does help in this situation. It's just like the playoffs. If you've played in the playoffs before, you're equipped with a certain type of knowledge that this per- the other person doesn't have. So if it's really neck to neck, mm-hmm. I'd have to go with the person who was the MVP of a team before, right? Yeah, let me, that's a great point. So this is what Shanae, her sister, tweeted when the roster came out and it kind of went viral because she just listed all of her accolades. So WNBA MVP and champion in 2016, which was the last Olympic year, six-time All-Star, four-time All-WNBA, four-time WNBA All-Defensive Team, two-time FIBA World Cup gold medalist, number one pick, rookie of the year, EuroLeague champion, and just a small little tidbit, she's the WNBPA president. She is the leader of this league. And you're telling me that she doesn't deserve to represent the, the league in a global sense? Like, and... Sinead, she says, oh, and she was one of the few who went to every Team USA camp the last five years. And that to me is just like all of that work, especially with the Team USA camps. She was one of the selected when, you know, the Olympic Committee announced that they were like, hey, don't go play overseas. We want to pay you to train in these camps. She was the one selected for that. And then you don't select her for the team. That's where I guess I, di- I didn't even make that connection in my mind that to be because I saw the thing about her being at all those camps to be at those camps. You are sacrificing going overseas because I forget like they have no time off. Yeah. I OK, I want to make a quick like we're not stupid. We know that UConn has produced some of the best talent. Of course. But that's a crazy amount, especially when you can cons- have we even said that Gino's the coach. So he's not the coach, but he's the, on uh, on the committee, the selection committee. Yes, Who's the coach now, Don Staley. Okay, That's her Don first Staley. year. It's her Amazing. first year. I love her. She's so, on the. He's on the committee. Who else is on the committee? Um, we have the something else in my mind was like leading to the conspiracy, but I'll come back to it. The other thing is, I just looked up Neca's age because I was curious, and she's thirty-one. Mm-hmm. But how old is? Diana and how old are Sue Bird? Like, they both are on the team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Sue Bird just saying that she's old enough to, like, be these her younger teammates' mothers and not even in, like, a teenage pregnancy way, like a legitimate I waited and, uh-oh, like, my eggs or whatever. You no, know what I mean? 40. Like, is it how? Yeah, she's 40. Yeah. And the, I'm so, not perpetuating that, by the way. It's just a societal thing that is pushed on us. 
just a societal thing. And I think however you long you want to have kids or you don't have to have kids. <laughs> PSA it all. PSA. I love that. people who can have children. <laughs> but it was it was in question. You know, a lot of people were saying like, okay, has Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi, like, is it time to let new people kind of represent the USA? And Katie Barnes from ESPN, we always shout them out. And they they talked about this. Gino <laughs> being classic Gino. Of course, the whole Yukon conspiracy theory, he completely throws it under the bus. And what did he say? Yeah. Quote, what I find humorous was the two times I was the coach. It was Yukon pol- politics, Yukon bias because I was the coach. Now I'm not the coach and it's still Gina Oriyama is still an asshole because I'm on the committee and there's a common thread there. Wherever I am, that's whose fault it is if you don't like whoever is on the team. Yeah, you're still in a position of power and you are literally selecting people. Oh, oh my God. I love it. He's And he refused to comment on specifically NECA being left off. And he says it's because if it was only me on the committee, I'd answer everything. But it's made up of five or six people. This is extremely convenient because you can defend yourself and talk about it <laughs> as if it's only you. But when it comes to a specific player, you cannot comment on it. OK, my other point, and I'm not playing devil's advocate. Yeah, but this is something I've seen on the internet is that NECA had an injury and so she's a she is like a step slower. Um, And then I've seen a lot of people say like she should take this time anyway to make sure that like everything's in place. Um, So what about what do you think about that? So that's what Dawn Staley commented. She basically said even though she is not a part of the selection committee, even though You know, Gino says that in the article. She said, you know, if it wasn't for the injury, then that would have that would be a factor. And if you go back to Cheney, they had a timeline for her recovery to perfectly match up for the Olympics. So it was in her mind and she was going to return right in time for the Olympics. An injury is something that you can't control. And to use that as kind of a scapegoat of why they didn't let her be a part of the team and why she didn't earn this spot is negating all of what I just listed earlier. And, you know, this only happens every four years. This isn't just about this season. And Diana Taurasi was also injured and she is currently injured. So I don't want that to be the only excuse because it it actually doesn't add up. No, that's a really good point. And speaking of Dawn Staley, you should read our friend Tyler Tyne's profile of her. It's so in good. In GQ. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, that's a really good point because I had seen the injury stuff and I was like, okay, well, you know, like there's one point. But uh, okay, so what about the Nike conspiracy? See, that folds into there are many conspiracies and the Nike conspiracy is not exclusive to women's basketball. It's like it's everywhere. It's kind of like the uh, clutch sports conspiracy Mm -hmm. in in the Jordan brand conspiracy in men's basketball that we see a lot. But there is definitely a Nike conspiracy element here. Right. 
Yeah, that's one that I haven't heard as much as the Yukon one. Um, but I think it's, you know, Dame Lillard is also with Adidas and he's on Team USA. And I think Skylar Diggins Smith is with Puma, so she's also on that on that roster. They're like, eh, we don't care, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh Adidas. So I I don't buy that one as much. I think it's always a fun to do a conspiracy. But, I mean, you could also say that's why Candace <laughs> was a part of being left off because she's also with Adidas. But well, I, speaking of Candace, like, yeah. she, she had her own weird omission thing because she made the – she didn't make the all-defense team one year when she won Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. So that itself is weird. That's I don't know, my, so weird. all my thing like I'm I'm like that I lady see, that meme yeah. where she's I could see you the know, things turning. are like oh I wish I had a green screen behind me. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> Next time. Um that was very strange and that was league only and voting um bizarre. I don't even know what anyone can say about that she was voted defensive player of the year but did not make the first team all defensive team and everybody was really questioning the WNBA's voting system after that because it does that doesn't make sense that shouldn't even be an option to happen um so that was that makes can you imagine if that happened in the NBA people would lose their minds they would lose their minds I mean to be fair people lost their minds when it happened with Candace, it's just that it's so strange to me. Yeah. And no, that is yeah. like, there's no way to say that that's not some type of vendetta. I just don't know from who or from where. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> many, many sleepless nights. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is coming from some source. But I think the positive and to kind of like bring it full circle is NECA is Nigerian. Her parents are from Nigeria. She is a dual citizen of Nigeria. And her and her two Malcolm sisters. Malcolm Gladwell is somewhere just rubbing his hands together. I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to prove that point. But um, her sister Chanae and her sister Erica, who are both great players, once they got this news, they basically put in a petition to play for the Nigerian national team. And once NECA, you know, said in an article that once she figured out there was a small chance that she could play and represent a country that actually wants her to represent them, she's all for it. So it's still TBD as of today, but I love that for her. I love that for all of the sisters, especially because, drumroll please, they play USA in their first game. It's Nigeria. Exhibition or? The first game. They're in the same uh, group. So, like, the oh, first wow. game, they play each other. Which is wow. just like, come on. The drama, the storylines. NECA goes off for 30. I can just see it. And then there's, even before that, tomorrow's the All-Star. And that mm-hmm. format is pitting the All-Stars against the Olympic team, right? Yes, yes. And it makes sense why NECA didn't make the All-Star team because she hasn't played this year, this season. The All-Stars are based off of this season. So a lot of people were saying like, oh, she didn't even make the All-Star team. Why would you think she'd make the USA team? And that's a different story. I think 
when you when when I think of the USA roster, it is more of accumulation of everything that you represent. Whereas the All Star is like you're having a killer year this year, so that's why we're putting you as an All Star. And so she's not playing against USA and the All Star, but she's definitely going to be talked about. It is going to be a hot topic tomorrow during the WNBA All Star game. And then she's in freaking Space Jam that releases this week. So she is a superstar, and it doesn't make sense why she's not representing Team USA. Our hit list, just to close, <laughs> is Gino, Malcolm Gladwell, and Stephen A. Smith because he made a joke out of the pronouncing the mispronouncing the Nigerian players' names when Team USA beat them. And he also had that horrible comment about Otani. So yeah, that's. The and hit he list. mispronounced Benai name, and he didn't even care to correct it. He said on live TV, I'm not even going to try to say this name. And she is an all-star and one most improved player of the WNBA uh, last year. Uh, Benaja Laney, learn her name. <laughs> Jesus. That's a I'm not even kidding list, with that hit list either. Yeah, no, yeah, I am. I am. FBI. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> or am I? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Good luck uh, with that legal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a perfect place to end on. Um, and watch the WNBA All-Star game tomorrow because it's going to be great. It's in Vegas. Support these wonderful women. But um, tell us who's on your hit list, and we promise we won't <laughs> leak it. Leave us a voicemail at 502-874-4453. Or send us an email listed out bullet points and why of who they are. <laughs> spinsters at bluewirepods.com to be featured on the show or maybe not <laughs> spinsters is hosted by me Haley o'shaughnessy and jordan liggins this episode was produced by jordan isabel jocelyn harry krinsky and alex ward our production coordinator is devin shepherd and our executive producers are peter moses john yales and me Hey guys, Kasim here from Houston. I'm an NBA fan, a Knicks fan living in Houston. Uh, anyways, um, Haley, I've always been a fan of yours. Uh, when I started listening to Spencer's podcast, I became a fan of both you guys. Really, really enjoyed it. I gotta say, I also like Rachel Nichols. And after hearing, after hearing about what happened, I kind of felt like she was being thrown under the bus a little but having heard your podcast i wanted you guys to know you successfully gave me a different perspective and there i kind of changed my mind a little um so thanks for keeping it real all right thanks